Welcome to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast, where we get to follow up, break down, and discuss last Sunday's message. Our goal is to help create context and drive conversation to learn more about what God has for us. Now let's join our team as we gain deeper insight into this week's message. Hey guys, welcome back to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. We're back again. Back again. Third week in a row. Man, we're doing well right now. We're, we've Our calendars have regulated a little bit. Regulators. Just in, just in time for the summer. So uh, yeah, yeah, so... On with us today, heard but not seen, not John Sapp, nope. Nate Popejoy. Hey guys, <laughs> Nate. So uh, my mic is a. Uh, it's, it's got a little mind of its own thing going on over there, huh? Who done messed with my stuff here? Um, well, somebody done got hold of it. Somebody done got the hold of my mic here. So, uh, anyways, we're back. Yeah. Coming off a great Sunday. Um, a lot of people traveling Memorial Day weekend. <sighs> It was so Memorial Day weekend. We spent, you know, we honored all those who had given an ultimate sacrifice for our country and all those things on Sunday. Um, we Definitely acknowledged the, it. Didn't have the flag and guard or whatever come out or anything, but. No, we didn't. And, and you know, that's okay. And that's okay. But. Maybe, I mean, do we go there? Should we talk about it? Oh, that's, that's, <laughs> that's something to talk about right there. I yeah. don't know if that's where we want to go, but. Well, I mean, you kind of alluded. I mean, we we don't intentionally do that. We we intentionally do not do that. Yeah, yes. not because it's not important to us, but because Sunday is about Jesus. Um, yeah, you know, but we do acknowledge those things, though. Just Absolutely. like we do a lot of holidays, Veterans Day, and all those others. Um, and it's important to us. Yeah. Uh, as as Americans, it's important to us. Absolutely. Um, as Christians, you know, we just don't we There's we a- choose not to have the service taken over by that um there's a fine line between american celebration and american idolatry and we want to make sure we stay on the right side of that it's it's very clear so uh so yeah but we did mention it we did honor those you know it's not to disrespect those who are in the military or of course not just keep our attention in the right spot yeah yeah um but yeah talked about talked about heaviness justin how do you feel about (laughs) <laughs> we, we were talking about it before we turned everything on. So, you know, uh, it was a good message. Um, I just don't feel that way. Yeah. You know, it's and something that sit- you don't deal with. I don't, yeah. I don't. Um, so, you know, this whole series is kind of, I'll say going over my head. Um, I just, I don't personally less applicable. Yeah. I don't personally deal with like heaviness that way, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. Maybe it's and and we've I think, I think over it's the your years, tremendous work environment. I think that's what it is. Uh, over that the years, that's created. Come on. <laughs> over the years, uh, standing tall. That's it. No, over the years, even on the podcast, I'm sh- I know we've hit on these type of things. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but it's like I just maybe I should. You know, maybe it's an unhealthy trait that I don't let things affect me that way. But I just don't feel. Let's unpack that. Heavy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't feel. I read a lot and listen to a, about a lot of people, yep. you know, people that, uh, you know, that do a lot of big things. And I am fascinated Huge. by some of these, uh, high, high achievers and people that real. I mean, you, you know, I think Elon Musk is so weird, 
but there's interesting things about well, people like him. Incredible, yeah. You know, and it's like you know some of these big time uh, CEOs, not from the envy standpoint because maybe they make a lot of money, but they're running these organizations. Like, and, and if you don't lead an organization, it may be hard to piece this together. But we yeah. do, and I understand how hard it is, even at a church of you know six, seven hundred with a staff of five or six. I can only imagine how magnified that is. Yet those guys still accomplish absolutely great, and they do it in the same amount of time that we have. Yeah, they still only have seven days a week. That's right. Yeah. So there's something to uh, there's something to me about capacity, and I feel like a lot of people, for whatever reason, and I don't want to say that. I'll just say about me. I don't ever feel like I'm near my capacity. I feel like there's way more in me. So I don't let the things of life make me feel like, because I, I'm not, I'm, you know, it's like, I made someone, I don't say mad, but mad, they joked about it, but I don't think they liked what I said. And it it was a, one of my fellow uh, board members at PYP, we were at a board meeting. We were kind of, kind of, it's it's always a joking environment. We're having a good time. But someone was talking about, you know, we have a couple of people on the board who are burning out. And my response was, you can't burn out if you were never on fire, you know, and there's just truth to that, That'll you know, preach. and, oh, and yeah. now it, what I think they meant to say is, and this is what my, my point when they, when, that when she said something, cause afterwards she made a joke about it, but I knew it, it rubbed her wrong. Yeah. But my thing was. We go to words like burnout when you really mean you're just at your capacity. Hmm, that's good. I don't know that you're burned out. Yeah. Maybe you're overwhelmed. Yeah. And 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 a lot of people don't want to admit they're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. You know, because like especially in a position like with what I do with the young professionals is a, those are volunteer positions, and for someone to maybe admit they're overwhelmed may be admitting something they don't want to admit, but burnout's different. I can say I'm burnout, you know? So I was just kind of like, and my intention was not to hurt anyone's feelings with that. But at the end of the day, like we're, we're less than two months into the, to our year in our new positions. And we have people talk about burnout. And I was like, it's not like you guys do that much. Like, you know, you're not meeting heavy necessarily. I mean, we have, uh, we have programming that lately, but yeah. yeah, So it's like, um, you know, and some of them would disagree with me because they do it. And listen, it's volunteering. Everyone does a lot. Like, don't get me wrong. Everyone has a different capacity. And everyone has, and that's, that was kind of my point, but it's like, man, at the end of the day, if you, if you are not on fire, you can't be burnt out. And it's just like, I don't, I just don't believe it. And, and, I still stand by this. And I said, I still believe that. Like, you know, sometimes you being rubbed by wrong by a statement because it's true. Yeah. You know, so uh, that wasn't a knock to this person. Um, but, you know, going back to this, it's like, I just don't, I feel like there are people that at the end of the day, maybe this is a little ego. They're not, they're not more special than me. God created us. We're equal is what I would like to think. You know, we're equal in, like you're, you're back to like Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk type thing. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. <laughs> Not that I'm, I'm equal to those guys. What I'm saying is at the end of the day. You're a person, they're a person. We're people. And I do think that we have gifts and it's like, I don't know. I'm with you. I, I don't want to say you. that those people, I, I think that people like that get to that level because they refuse to let other things hold them back. And then they get that level and everyone thinks they're special and I don't think they are. I think they just had the fortitude and the courage and all these mm-hmm. things to push through hard things. You know what I mean? Does that yep. make sense? Absolutely. So um, at the end of the day, some of these, like I don't feel heavy. I don't feel like life is heavy. Now, 
I understand a lot of people do. And, and especially, seasons, especially coming out of the last yeah. two years and the whole thing with, yeah, you know, yeah, there's, yeah. A, I, I, there's a, there's a, there's a, I did like the message a couple weeks ago that was talking about from the Adam Grant stuff, the, um, languishing. the languishing, like that's really good because you know, that's slightly different yeah, and that makes a little more sense to me, um, that, that that's a different state. Mm-hmm. you know, of like depression, you're not full on at capacity, but you're not in depression, depression mode, yeah. you know? So that, that makes sense. Plus Adam Grant is just brilliant. Um, his podcast is called work life. Mm-hmm. Fantastic. Um, but yeah, I, I, in like COVID and all these things where, you know, it did affect people's, you know, mental state, right? especially younger, the younger, I think, you know, it affected young people, yeah. uh, kids and teenagers, very, sure. very bad. So I get that it exists. So I don't want to feel like, I don't want people to think like, well, if you do feel that way, you're wrong and you should be like me and not let it be heavy. That's not sure. what I'm saying. Well, yeah. And we, we can also acknowledge that there are a number, you know, um, a mom with three kids working a full-time job has a different level of output than that's right some of us you know i mean so it's like we you know there's there's variations to the conversation that you could certainly give someone a little more credence to say i could see why you your output is much higher in some well, spaces and you know whatever that's but, a great point i mean at the end of the day too even if like i have a hard day at work like i go home to a real quiet place and i put on what i want to watch and i decompress only, the way i want to it's only as dirty as you left it right and it's not <laughs> right. like i don't have to pretend i didn't have a bad day and put on the good face for the kids yeah and those type of things so i do Take all that sure. in consideration. Sure. So um, I said all that to say for those that this series and message is speaking to, Fantastic. you're not wrong and I'm right. Right. It's just different. That's good. And I yeah. think that's what I mean by it. Well, and I think too, I think, um, I think this generation, so our generation and the generations after us. So um, I, I don't think the boomers experienced this very much. Um, and I don't think, what was the generation between the boomers? Gen X. Gen X. I don't think Gen X really experiences. Maybe they have, maybe they are experiencing it a little bit, but not as much. But I think that there has, there's been this mentality with particularly millennials and younger that there needs to be an immense amount of reserves in your tank at all times. Hmm. Like <clears throat> if you don't have 25% of your week, to just decompress and do whatever you want, then you're burning out. And it's like, no, <laughs> like I, you know what I mean? Like in my mind, I'm like that. No, like you're like, their whole thing is like, man, we need to go to like three day work weeks so that you can have, you know, three days to like, or, you know, four day work. And not, not that I'm opposing any of those things. I'm just saying like, I think that there's this mentality of, generations of people now that have watched YouTube stars, celebrities, rich people, and rich people are so accessible now because of social media. They're going, man, I want to be able to travel, you know, 16 well, weeks out of the year. I want to be able to have three not, days off in a row. It's not I, real. It's not real life. And that's why, and that's what I mean is I think that there is an element to whether it's your PYP board member friend or whatever, just people in general, where it's like we've bought into this new wave thinking that isn't necessarily wrong. I just think it's not, it lacks reality where you're supposed to constantly feel rested. And I think we're going to go to Belize for a weekend. It's like that doesn't, people don't do that. Rich people do that. Like and YouTube stars. Do well, yeah, that. But, but hold on. And it's like, the thing is one, you got to define rich fair. And most people that have that kind of money don't do that. 
Because right, they're working. Right, right, right. How do you think they got the money? Yeah, right, right. <laughs> they're working. Yeah. They're not on a, this constant. It's like, um, Nate, what's the, uh, not, not, don't, don't go look this guy up, but Dan Bilzerian on Instagram. Don't go look him up if you don't know who he is. <laughs> oh, yeah. Cause Why do you work. say my name? Because you, you know who he is, right? I mean, surely. I mean, everybody does. Right. So everybody. if you don't know, please don't go look him up. But he's he's an Instagram. He's been don't in a couple. Don't touch that hot stove. He's been in a couple movies. Yep. He's like an Instagram influencer. Yep. And he lives this like. Ridiculous. Party boy, quote unquote, party boy, ultimate guy fantasy lifestyle. Yeah. Like if you're a dude, this is the guy you want to be. 007 without the government responsibility. Like, well, yeah. And he, he, um, first of all, he's a trust fund baby. His dad. Rich over poker too. No, he claims he got rich over poker. He's a trust fund baby, but he claims he made a lot of money playing Texas Hold'em, which I do believe he did play high stakes poker because that is true. He made a lot of money out of a lot of money. Correct. Um, you know, but but all his pictures are like he has a private jet and he's got these big houses and it's always like if you've ever seen his pictures, I know you have probably Nate, but it's like him and um like he'll have like twelve girls with him on a on the back of a yacht and st- it's like and every guy's like this guy's living the dream. It's like all oh, that's fake and now he's been exposed. The people like now there's like TikToks, yeah. where like his whole world's falling apart and it's all, it's all fake. These are all girls. They were paid. They're not like, the photos, yeah. yeah, it's like the whole thing, his company, he got into like the cannabis industry with this company and he had this, one of the largest houses in Hollywood they were leasing, but then he wasn't, he, and he was, you know, puts that all over Instagram in this mansion, but he didn't pay the rent. So they got a victim. It's just like, it's, it's not real. It's not real. Yeah. But kids see that. And it's like, I want to be like that. And it's yeah. like, if I'm not living up to these ridiculous standards, then I'm failing. And as I, and I think this is where it comes in. I think a lot of people are going, I'm trying and I'm trying, I'm trying, I'm never getting there. And now I'm feeling burnout because I'm trying so much to, ob- they're not burnout because they're working too much. Quote unquote burnout. I believe they're quote unquote burnout. Because they're not obtaining what they think they should be obtaining with the work that they're doing. That's good. good. My output is really high, but I'm not obtaining what I think I should have. Therefore, I feel burnout. You're burnout because of your disappointment, not because of your workload. And that's my, that's just my. Well, so we were talking last week about um, watches. Yes. Right. So, you know, I like the watch. Did you go at the Jewish trade shop? I did not. Uh, (laughs) I did not. But so there's these. I'm bringing this up for a reason. There's this YouTube channel and it was like behind the day of the life of type stuff of these, they were partners and they started there in Dallas and they're, they're secondary watch dealers, right? They, they, they buy and sell luxury watches. And over like the last year, they've like built out this really nice YouTube channel. And there's like every day you're kind of day in the life. And it started out where you would see them. They had this little store in Dallas and then it kind of grew and you've kind of seen them over the, as they've grown. Well, they just split up and they're, they've had, they, you know, six months ago, they made a very questionable marketing marketing move that was really bad. And mm. the, the, the industry didn't like it. And then they come out and apologize and blah, blah, blah. Well, one of the guys is like passionate about watches. He loves vintage Rolex, not flashy stuff, but like vintage. He's, he's just passionate about the timepiece. The other guy is flashy Lamborghini that he's every time he goes to LA, he's written a Lamborghini and you know, flashy watches and yeah. blah, blah, blah. Well, 
I'm going somewhere with this. So they in the show they're in Dallas. Well, he the flashy guy wanted to open up an LA store, so he's been working on that. Well, come to find out, they just had difference of opinion and they separated. So the one guy went to LA, and he's he leased a penthouse that's going to be his home and the his showroom. It's like a twenty thousand square foot or something ridiculous <laughs> penthouse, hundred grand a month. Oh. But this whole guy, How do you went, sustain that? the thing is, it's like, and he's selling a lot of watches, but when I watch it, it's like, this guy is such a, 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 to me, like a snake because he's got that much overhead right off the, off the get, you know? But it's like, at the end of the day, he weaves in, he always is trying to be flashy. He wants to land, but like I said, and all this stuff, but it's like, he's really mixed his life with his business to have this this lifestyle it's like just not like he wants to be these guys and, and it's like it's just not it just doesn't make sense not real. like i just don't understand it and he's you know he's been robbed at gunpoint a couple times and now now that he's been in la because you know he posts on social he carries he's in the middle of the day got a backpack with a million dollars worth of watches in it, and he pulls them out and he's flashy and his cameraman but he's on instagram tagging locations dudes robbed him right it's like you know, wow. most, most guys who are dealers, there's a reason they have a safe in their place. They don't yeah. walk around with a million dollars worth of watches in a book bag. And it's just this guy's in a different world. Yeah. He's in an Instagram world all the time. It's just like, I don't know. But I wouldn't buy from him, even if I had that kind of, if I was in that market, I wouldn't buy from him. Because this whole, his whole business is him just trying to fund this lifestyle that he wants to be flashy on Instagram. Right. And I'm just not interested. I would much rather buy for the dude in Dallas who like doesn't do that and just loves the, the stuff. Yeah. It's just different. I don't know. It's just not, it's just not, it's just not real. It's not real. That was a long story, but I think it applied. Yeah. He's, and he's young. He's only like 31, something like that. 32. Oh, oh, that makes perfect sense. Yeah. He's just young, but he's like caught up in this world. It's like, dude, it just doesn't exist. He was making, can make a killing. Yep. Imagine if you didn't have the hundred grand a month to spend on a on a place. Hundred thousand dollars a month. Mm. He's he's foregoing real wealth. Yeah, three years from now. The illusion, right? And it's just like, man, that one that one point two mil a year put into like a interest bearing account in five or ten years. By the t- like by the time you're forty five, you could live like that for yeah. real. It's just it just makes no sense. Wild, bro. You know, but I think he's one of those dudes. It's like I do it why I can, and then something happens. You know, it's just I, I don't get it. It's wild. So, moral of the story is kids don't do that. Yeah, kids don't do that. So <sighs> please don't. So anyway, so, so let's some people deal with heaviness, and some people don't. Yeah, that's really what we were getting yeah. at there. Uh, but no, yeah, it it is like. Well, Jacob Burke was lifting some heavy weights up there, huh? Jacob was lifting some weights on Sunday. 95 pounds on each arm yeah that's insane yeah that's a lot that's a lot he's a he's a yoked guy he's he's got some he was it was getting him though yeah 95 on he that's that's yeah, a lot that's i told him i was like i'm gonna you're gonna lift heavy because i need you to you can't we can't be up here for 15 minutes while you lift weights i gotta make this happen quickly so and we did but yeah so we had him come up there he lifted some heavy weights and then i gave him some light weights and i lifted the light weights first and then he lifted the light weights and and the whole point of the weight thing was like us comparing what we feel like we should be able to handle versus how we're actually handling life. So it's like, it's like, man, I feel like, you know, so Jacob lifted some 95s, then he lifted some 30s. 
and he didn't he could only lift the thirties for eight or so reps and I could lift those thirties for like twenty reps if I would have kept going. Like I stopped at like eight or ten, I think, the second service. But um and it was just I was fine. I wasn't sore or anything. Um, I wasn't burnt out. I could have kept going. And what we were talking about is how it's like, yeah, I can brag about how I'm able to keep on going, you know, and here's Jacob, personal trainer, bodybuilder, fitness guy. He was only able to do seven reps. I'm over here doing eight or whatever. And it's like, well, man, how come? And we, and that's how we feel like in life. It's like, man, how come that person is continuing to keep on going, but I don't feel like I can keep going. And it's like, well, if you take into account the fact that Jacob did three sets of like eight with those 95 pounds before he picked up the thirties, it makes a little more sense on the fact that he can only lift the 37 times. And the whole point was like, man, for some of us, we've been lifting emotionally, um, psychologically, spiritually. We've been, we've been going through so much for the last two years that some of us have found ourselves just feeling like, man, just the smallest of things on your PYP friend or whatever, like the smallest of things. We're just like, oh, I don't feel like I can keep going. Um, and it's not that what we're currently going through is so bad. It's that what we've been going through for two years has us at a point where we just don't feel like we can keep on going. Well, and to add to that, you know, going back to even that scenario, you know, what we run into with stuff like PYP is it's not that what it's not that the PYP stuff is too much. It's everything in that person's life. Yeah, absolutely. And that's the, absolutely. that's the, you know what I mean? So it's 100%. like, yeah, at the end of the day, I do believe that person feels burnout, not because yeah. of PYP though. Right. But because of, of their what? real job. And this is just something else that's added on that it's like, look, totally. I'm just too, it's just too much. Totally. And that yeah. makes way more sense, you yeah. know? hundred percent. Um, so it's like, yeah. So we are just talking about how heaviness affects all of us. And it usually affects us because of, everything else we've been going through, not just whatever, you know, um, one thing I didn't mention Sunday, but it's like, so true is like a lot of times I find it so interesting when I talk to people and when I counsel people and when they want me to fix their marriage or fix their whatever. And it's like, man, the second things get hard, they quit the thing that is the most beneficial. It's like, I'm burnt out from my job. I'm burnt out from sitting on a board I'm burnt out from, you know, my kids soccer or whatever. It's like, so the, what's the first thing they do is like, we're going to quit going to church. And it's like, surely that should help. Right. Like, you know what I mean? But like for real, bro, like clockwork every time, like, yeah, we were so tired. So we quit going to church. I'm like, man, the one thing that actually, you know, now in all fairness, a lot of churches, ah, that's going to sound bad. Yeah, whatever. A lot of church environments aren't refueling for people. And I could see that, but I do feel like TC is a church environment where it is refueling you and you do feel better when you leave, you know, you feel challenged, you feel convicted and you feel like the gospel is asking something of you in a good way, but you also do feel filled up. And, and, and with the whole point of the series is trying to help people identify being connected and serving at uh, your local church and serving the Lord in that adds to the better part of your life rather than making you feel more worn down, more languished, or in this week, more heavy. Yep. Um, it's good. And so, yeah, that's what we talked about on Sunday. And so, you know, we jumped into the story of Mordecai. It's a great story. Um, and how um, in the book of Esther, you know, there's a story of Esther, which we looked at last week, but then there's a story of Mordecai. And I think, I think Mordecai's story gets overlooked a lot because of Esther's story. Um, and it's like, man, here's... Here's this dude like just being faithful, doing the right thing over and over again. 
And it doesn't matter how many times he does the right thing, constantly looks like he's going to be in the wrong spot. And it's like, man, like I could see, you know, what we, what we, this whole series, one of the things we've really aimed to accomplish is to try to humanize these Bible characters. Cause we tend, we tend to like kind of put like a superhero facade on a lot of Bible characters, in my opinion. And one of my big goals of this series and the next series, Unsung Heroes, is going to be to really try to humanize these characters. And it's like, what were they feeling as a person? Yeah. You know, what was talking about feeling when she sent Moses down the river? What was Esther feeling when she had to go before the king and she might die? What was, um, you know, Mordecai feeling like when he was had the death threat put on him and then had to go stand before the king not knowing what was going to happen it's like all these you know um you know really trying to humanize these characters and that was one of the goals that we aimed to accomplish on sunday um and so yeah and we talked about heaviness and heaviness kind of comes in three phases you again we tell you guys every week you can go look up the uh go look up the sermon watch watch or listen to the whole thing yeah um, but we're just going to give you kind of the the nuts and bolts to it um three stages Three stages. Stage one. What you got, Justin? Stage one is heaviness is in the confusion. Heaviness is in the confusion. Uh, and on Sunday, what we did is we kind of gave three areas where heaviness sets in and kind of a, 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 a reminder that helps us as we navigate it, you know, for each one. And we said God is keeping a record even when it feels like nobody else is. Um, and it's like, man, when we feel confused. We know, like, but we know who's got us. You know, um, and that's just really important. Um, so stage two. <clears throat> Heaviness is in the waiting. And man, I feel like that, that waiting time is so difficult for so many of us. Cause it's like, man, I know God's doing something or I'm hoping he's doing something, but I just don't see him doing anything. Um, and I need, I, you know, I would love to have a little more confidence that he's doing something, but I don't see it. Right. Um, it makes me always think of, um, I'm looking it up that song. What does oh, it take? Courage. Oh, Waymaker. Take courage from Bethel. I don't know if Bethel's the original one. Take courage. The he's in remember. the waiting. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. He's in the waiting. Yeah, that yeah. song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. a good song though. It made me think of Waymaker. Even when I can't see it, you're working. You when I yeah. can't feel it, you're working. You know that whole thing. Well, take courage. I don't know if Bethel's if it's their song, but. They're the you know and I know we've talked about how we don't you know, huge Bethel Not that we're Bethel fans Bethel Church here uh, on this podcast but but um that song the lyrics are really good you know yeah. take courage my heart stay steadfast stay steadfast my soul mm-hmm. it's in the waiting yeah um and what we said is God is working even when you can't see it um and if you when you go listen you'll understand that in context in the, in the story of Mordecai in the book of Esther God was doing a lot in King Xerxes and with Haman behind the scenes that hey, you man. couldn't see. Hey, man. <laughs> uh, he was hey, doing a lot man. behind the scenes um, that you couldn't necessarily see until it came to pass. So we're trusting that God is working. And then number three. Heaviness is in the hurting. Heaviness is in the hurting. Um, and and uh, I think it kind of, the point of that was like leaning into this idea that it's kind of darkest before the dawn. You know, where it's like, man, I, I believe God always brings us to the place where he where he pushes us just a little bit past where we thought was the end of our rope to help us see that when, we, when we're trusting in him, there's a little more to our rope than we thought there was. Right. Yeah. So. Um, so, yeah, and God will use the things that were meant to devastate you to elevate you is what we talked about on Sunday. Um, bars. And so. <laughs> bars. <laughs> so and. um cool story man uh like just some real 
Maury show, Jerry Springer stuff going on uh, in the <sighs> book of Esther. How? Ricky Lake. Ricky Lake. Oh, yeah. Montel. Real old. Montel Sally Lake. Jesse Raphael. That's serious business. Old school. Nate don't know about that. He don't know nothing about that. Are you uh, going to talk about your illustration? Which the one? orange tree. Oh, yeah, yeah, that yeah, was, yeah. That was really good. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, what, when we were closing out the sermon, I was telling them about uh, one time I was hanging out with Pastor Dan. We were down in Central Florida. So my dad grew up in Lakeland, Florida. That used to be well, like Tropicana used to get a lot of their oranges from Lakeland, Florida. I believe it was Tropicana. Uh, Florida's best, some of the mothers, like they had orange groves for, I mean, acres, just, I mean, I remember we would go down a road and there's nothing you could see but orange trees. That's true. Trees. You can see them from the turnpike. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's changed a lot. That most, a lot of them aren't there anymore. Um, I remember that as a kid. But yeah, like, and uh, I remember him telling me, he, he used to tell me, he told me about the story. He used to have a dog that, um, he had a German shepherd when he was growing up. It was like the smartest dog ever, and like the dog would jump up and grab an orange off one of the low, like low hanging fruit, like from the bottom of the tree, hold it down with his paws, and eat the orange out of the inside and leave the peeling on the ground. I was like, wow, that's good. But anyways, he was telling me about going through. Uh, he was we were driving through one time. He was telling me about orange oranges, and he said, yeah, when we were kids, we used to go pick oranges off the trees. He said, and you would be able, you would go over to the branch and you would start picking oranges off the branch. He said, but as you would pick the oranges off the branch, the branch would get higher and higher because the weight of the oranges was keeping it low. Mm -hmm. He said, then you have to go get a ladder out of the truck and climb the ladder and peel the oranges off. And eventually you get all the fruit off and the branches way up in the air, but it had the weight of the fruit was, had it down low to start with. And, uh, he said, so he said, never forget the, the branch bowed lowest to the ground bears the most fruit. Mm, I was like, that's good. Wow. Mm. You know, um, and he retold me that story probably about a year and a half ago, I guess. And when he did, I was like, Oh, I'm going to use that soon. Um, and so, yeah, there it was, but, um, yeah, yeah how, that's good. How, um, you know, it's like sometimes life circumstances, things, whatever, Man, it just feels like it's kind of pulling us low. And it's like, but the low life is the one that bears the most fruit. You see the most fruit come out of it. Um, and so uh, in that, um, allowing what what I've been encouraged by is like, man, allow the things that bring you low um, to be evident in your life so that your life is producing fruit. Because being low is also what is required to be at the feet of Jesus. You know, no one stands upright before the cross type of thing. Absolutely. Um, and so, you know, we bow before the foot of the cross. Um, and so let whatever it is in your life that's weighing you a little bit put you in a posture where you're where you're brought um, to your knees, essentially. That's good. Before the cross. When I got to that part, man, I could... When I was preaching, I almost got emotional because I was watching all these people like wiping their faces. There was a few ladies in particular. I can still see it in my head. That's kind of what happens sometimes when you preach when you like, um, where you're like, I'm watching someone and they're just like sobbing. I mean, like the people around them were like consoling them. They were crying so much. I was like, good gracious. Thank you, Lord. You know, because I won't lie to you. Like, these aren't my favorite messages to preach, like heaviness messages, because it's like, I'm kind of like you. Like, things do bother me a little bit. I can get in low places, but I don't, I'm pretty good about like, all right, I'm over that and moving on, you know. Um, so they're not really my, I, I, honestly, I think every time I get ready to preach one of these, it's like one of these, I'm like, 
God, are you sure? Like, I would much rather talk about like purpose and fulfillment or like just the gospel. Like I would much rather lean into one of those two spaces. Um, but it's a holistic, right. You know, we got to preach something like, obviously there was a number of people in our church on Sunday that were dealing with this because we we got so much feedback from it right away. And it's like, well, here, you know, thank you Lord that he speaks and, you know, and he was leading us and, and, and all that. So really good. That's good. Yeah. It's a good time. Great time. That was good. (laughs) (laughs) You got a first Wednesday coming up, don't you? July. Is that you? Yeah, July 6th. Oh boy. Are you ready? I, I think so. Yeah, I think I'm there. Yeah, we ready. Am I doing one? I think I'm in August. I think you're August, yeah, or September. Yeah, yep. it's exciting. First Wednesday, whole Nate Pope joins. Which one's yours? Romans what? Romans six. Uh, God's grace. Like, I think I'm yeah. seven. I have five. Yeah. This coming up Wednesday. Shout out to first Wednesday. This first Wednesday. Wednesday. This Wednesday. Oh, like first Wednesday. Be there. Be square. Yeah. Tomorrow. Well, we'll tomorrow from when we're recording this, but yeah. Um, First Wednesday, Romans. Five, I have Romans five. Romans five. You have six. You have seven. So I think my mom's flying down for it. Word. Yeah. My Come mom, on, my man. Brother. <laughs> oh, that's awesome, bro. Yeah. Oh, you're gonna have to be on then. Yeah, you gotta be on your A game. You don't want to mess up in front of mama. Puke. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. So it'll be good. I think I'm preaching uh, Sunday soon. Yeah. I don't know when. I need to look, man. I gotta get the schedule worked out. So. Yeah, buddy. Once or twice a year. That's all I need. I don't need more than that. It is a, I think you talked about last time, like how big of a distraction it is, particularly for you. That's not your job. Like for me, it's part of my routine for you. you It's not part of mine. You got to add it to your. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, I I think it was what, February I preached. Yeah. Something like that. I like it. I do like it, but um, it just messes up like the. The week or two leading up to it, and I have to put more effort into one than you probably than you do because you do it every week. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. So, yeah, you have a you have an idea of a whole series and like the whole thing. You Definitely. know, and it's just um, it's just a much different flow because I don't do it every week, so it takes more, a lot more time to get ready for it, and it just yeah. throws me all off. Yeah. But I do like I like being able oh, to okay. do it, but I'm also cool with the once or twice a year. I mean, I don't. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not like itching to when is he going to let me preach again? It's I don't feel that way. So it's like, yeah, you got a few things going on. Few. Every time you go up there, you're like, if you this is your busy. first time, come back next Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Come back next Sunday. <laughs> yeah. We have first time guests every week. You're like, don't make your impression based on me. <laughs> uh, you know, if you like it, come back. If you don't like it, definitely come back. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So. Right on, and you gotta give a little humor. I like a little humor. It's That's hilarious every time. Yeah, do you? It, I tell you know people come up to me and they're like, you know, they're sweet. You know, they're like, man, I've never. I don't think I've ever been in a mess. I've never listened to someone preach like that, which I take as a compliment. You know what I mean? Um, and uh, my response to them was like, yeah, I figure if we can make everyone laugh and cry in the same message, we're doing pretty good. Yeah, you know, and I think that that's. You know, I'm not trying to make people cry, but I am trying to, I think when you connect people to God, it is emotional. Um, and I always, uh, and, and Craig Rochelle is the one that really left a really deep impact on me with this. Um, believe it or not. So this is only, when was the first time we saw him in person? Um, yeah, it's at Highlands. Arc. Yeah. About three, Highlands. Four years it, ago. He did it then. And I just went, wow. But I, I think I was so emotionally wrecked by that message 
that I wasn't able to notice what I then noticed in Tulsa when we went. Uh, was that Oklahoma a year and a half City. ago? Or Oklahoma City, year and a half ago or whatever. Barely a year. Last April. Anyways, last April. Yeah. Um, <laughs> which was how, to me, how um, real. The, it's not the whole sermon, but he finds a moment in the sermon where he makes it so real. And you literally feel like for just that moment, He's it's, talking just, to you. it's just you and him. Yep. And I remember sitting there going, oh my God. He even makes eye contact. Yeah, he does. And like he does, it makes you feel like he's talking to you. Yeah, and I and I remember going. I remember thinking he's going to come off the stage and come talk to me afterwards. <laughs> like I remember thinking that. Like I think he might come find me after he's done preaching because I was so convinced he was talking to me. <laughs> um, and no, that's true. And uh, I did, yeah, I was just left just very like, oh my gosh. So um, I came back, and I just that was part of my goal for I think for like six months was I became very intentional of like I know that I can preach out of the Bible like I have great confidence in that I know that I can hermeneutically and homiletically structure things in ways that make sense I have a creative mind that's a gift from God and I know a lot of people struggle with that that's just something that comes very natural there is a number of the components what we do that's very natural to me but that was one thing that's not natural for me and I was like I want to I want that I want to learn how to do that and for people that think that a lot of times we just get up there and just like, oh, we'll just, like, no, that we pay attention to our craft the same way an athlete does or whatever. It's like, you know, and I, I became very intentional for about six months and, and it took six months for me to retrain my mind on how to do it. And now it's a little more natural for me to like find moments. And this past Sunday, we had one when we were doing the the fruit about to lowest to the ground thing. But. And that's, it's important because I think it's about effectiveness. Sure. Like you have the best sermon in the world, but if you're preaching it badly in a <laughs> or in a way that is not people don't want to listen, like maybe you're monotone. Like you start. What I mean badly is like, I mean the spiritual component aside. Right. You know, you're just monotone. You can't get. You know, no one's listening. It's not as effective. Right. And if 100%. it's supposed to be effective, 100%. I think the the craft of public speaking. You're not talking about the craft of preaching necessarily. Correct. You're Correct. talking about the the things in public speaking that you could always get better at. Yep. And that, and it does matter. And then you add the spiritual component of preaching, it makes it even well, yeah, not I mean, just better, but it, it's it's even more important. Well, that's the thing. It's like you're taking something and you're making it very real. So you're taking this portion of your message. The whole thing is could be lofty and hypothetical up until this point. I always try to make things relative at the gate. That's why there's always a story what an analogy in the beginning, because I want people to, I want to capture them right away. I don't want to take five or 10 minutes for people to start paying attention. I want your attention out the gate. Um, and so that's, you know, I'm giving away all my secrets now, but like I, I that's just something I, I have ADHD, undiagnosed ADHD. My dad wouldn't let me get on medication when we were kids. He's like, nope, we're not doing that. Uh, so I know what it is to try to sit still and listen to someone speak and not I know how hard that is for me. And so I always want, I communicate in ways that I feel like I can overcome that for other people anyway. So we try to get them quickly. Well, and then towards the end, people are usually drifting off. So it's like, that's where we usually try to, and, and I think making it real, we're trying, we're taking something and we're making it real to the person. But the goal in every preaching message, different than public speaking, is now I got to connect you to God. So like if you just got connected to me, 
which I think is where a lot of Instagram preachers miss it, in my opinion, um, is they connect people to themselves. And I think our bigger goal is to connect them to God. Right. And, um, and when you do that, that's, I believe, where the real emotions start to set in because now they're going, they're realizing what they really need. And, from, and for most people, they're realizing that what they really need is the thing they've been neglecting or running from. And I think that is the emotional component where it's like, oh man, you've been here all along and I've looked for everything else but you. And I think, I feel like people make those connections pretty regular, at least at TC, because that's kind of just, we want, I always want people to realize that they need God more than they need their job or their degree or their family or me or whatever. Um, yeah. And so it becomes naturally, it becomes emotional. Um, and I'm good with that. I'm, I'm good with that. Again, if you can, um, who is it? Um, not Carrie Newhoff. Somebody said, um, if you can connect people's emotions to the gospel, you've got them moving in the right direction. Um, cause the gospel is an emotional, it deems necessary an emotional yeah. response. Oh, that's good. So anyways, and all this for all those that wanted to know how, how we structure all this stuff around, you know, well, and all the good, all those good communicators have their own way too. You know, we saw recently, um, we went along with Kroger show, just a few months ago with uh, Judah Smith. Fantastic. I learned something. I learned something that day. Yeah, he just, um, which by the way, Judah Smith is one of my favorites, but he's also going to be at the Global Leadership Summit. Go to our website. Tickets are on sale now. You can register for the Global Leadership Summit. Judah Smith's going to be there. But... You're right. I learned something big that His whole, he starts off like he doesn't know what he's, like he's just joking around. Like he's, like he's like, you almost think like, He's doing too much banter in a Get sense. Get into the message. But he's in it. And yeah. then it's like, as it, and then it's like, oh, this whole thing fits. It's like, it's brilliant. Yeah. You know, it's like, it's absolutely brilliant. Yeah. He was really good the last time we saw him though. That was yeah, one of the that, best I'd ever that seen. That left a huge mark on me too. Um, and that was honestly, hearing him in person that day was one of the things that made me, I became emotional lifting, listening to Judah when he made um, Zacchaeus, he humanized Zacchaeus in a way that I've never heard anyone else do it before. It's like all he preaches about is Zacchaeus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and he he humanized him in a way. And I don't know if you remember, surely you do. He's like talking about going back to the house with his friends. A portion of the text that we don't really get. And Judah wasn't adding to the Bible as much as he was creating a hypothetical for us to understand what it might have looked like to be Zacchaeus and the conversations he might've had with his friends when his friends are like, Hey bro, why are you giving everything away? And, and he starts communicating how he had this moment with mm-hmm. Jesus that, that changed him. And now he's, he's got, he has to do this thing that he felt like God told him to do, but it was very emotional. And I was just like, I remember sitting there and being like, Oh my gosh, man. Like we don't, so we don't good. humanize these characters. Well, and I believe in my opinion, when we do, we're actually able to draw the rawest emotion from their story because if they're superheroes, then they have super strength and they have, you know, they're not like us. Yeah. They're not like us. And so they don't, they're not as emotional. They're not as weak when, as we're weak, they're not as frail or, and, but the reality is they are all of those things. And so when we can humanize these characters, we can um, bring into a really healthy place, a healthy reality um, what they must have been going through. And when we can do that, in my opinion, um, 
we're able to get the rawest form of the emotion from from our audience as they connect to this, this right. story, which um, I think is like something I don't know. I never I didn't. I never really thought of the Bible as like a book of fairy tales. Um, but I think sometimes the way we read it is through the lens that we read goosebumps or Disney books or whatever. And, you know, it's like, these are just, it's like, no, bro, these were real people. This really happened. Mm -hmm. That mother really sent her baby down the river. And surely she walked away from that. Not being like, all right, God, you got it. Like, no, like surely she walked away from that weeping, like, Surely she went back to her house and was just on the couch depressed for however long it took. You know what I mean? Surely Esther, surely Mordecai, you know, and, and as all those things unpack. So it's good. Yeah, man. Well, we did it. We did it. Another hey, week. Good to have you. You Thank said you. so much. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting there like a goon. A, a goon. <laughs> Sitting over there like a goon. Well, uh, yeah, I would thank you guys for tuning it. in. And uh, Justin, where can they find more information about the church? On the internet. Interwebs. Uh, TransformationChurch.com or Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola. Also on YouTube at Transformation Pensacola. Um, you know, wherever you're listening to this, like, subscribe. Do all the you stuff. Know, those things, just do them. Just do, yeah, yeah. All, all of that. Yeah. yeah. Um, Global Leadership Summit. You can register on our website. We'd love for you to join us for that. Thou tens of thousands of people are going to be joining us all across the world um, to hear some of the top leaders in the world. Ooh, we'll give a little hint on okay. something. So they're doing something new this year. Ooh. They got, they're doing something new. So for anybody that doesn't know, the Global Leadership Summit happens outside of Chicago. It's a big, it's a big deal. Um, and then there's host sites around the country or the world, really. And you come, like if you register with us, you come to our place and we're going to live, we, we live stream it and we simulcast it. So that's cool. You're like in person with other people, but you're watching what's really going on. This year, there's this new segment called... I don't know what it's called. It's called local or something. I don't know what it's called. Anyways, on, on the Friday before lunch, there's a 30 minute segment um, where we have like a local leader talk to that local audience. And I'm working on where uh, me and uh, Meg, Meg Burke are working on someone big. I can't announce it cause it's not confirmed. Um, uh, a local leader that is really, really fantastic. It might be me. It's definitely not. <laughs> it might be Nate Pope Joy. Definitely. But hear us when we say this. It also might not be Nate Pope Joy. Yeah. And we want you to put a lot of vested yeah. stock in the second half of that. All right. So <laughs> No, this is uh this will be a unique um individuals. Not it's not a name you would think of when you think local leader when you speak. Uh but when when I tell you who it is, it's gonna be like, Oh, interesting. So right on. that hopefully it's maybe exciting. like in the next week or two we can say. We're trying to confirm it's with exciting. You. That'd be good. I, I did say him, so I, I kind of looked a bit. It is, it is a him, but we're trying to confirm with him. Well, we so. narrowed it down a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> um, rock on. So, yeah, check out the GLS. We'd love for you to get plugged in on that. It's going to be some uh, some good speakers. Yeah. Um, John Acuff is there this year, too. John Acuff's John good. Uh, global, what's the website? Globalleadership.com, I think. Um, go to our website. It's there. Click yeah, it. Yeah. Click on that. <laughs> All the stuff is there. Go to yeah. my TC.live. <laughs> you can find everything. Yeah. Find everything For sure. Nate, thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. Yep. Yeah. Well, we're out. Catch you guys next week for another week. Another sermon. 
another follow-up podcast. Later. Later. Thanks for tuning in to the Transformation Church weekly follow-up podcast. It would mean so much to us if you would subscribe, like, and review us on iTunes. You get double points if you show love by sharing it with your friends. Don't forget, you can follow Pastor Brad and Pastor Justin on Instagram and Twitter at at Brad Livingston underscore and at Justin Oswald underscore. Tweet them your questions and comments or email them to us at followup at transformationchurch.com. And for more information on Transformation Church, visit us online at mytc.life and on Instagram and Facebook at Transformation Pensacola.